Welcome to Purpose Without Limits, the show which strives weekly to empower you to reach your true potential, to help you understand how a simple shift in thinking can make success a reality, both professionally and personally. You'll learn about business etiquette intelligence and why a first impression is so crucial and the real rules of the game to help you outclass your competition. Your host, Dallas Teague Snyder, is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. For more, visit MakeYourBestImpression.com. The time to become your best self is today. Here's Dallas Teague Snyder. Well, hi, everybody. It's Dallas again with Purpose Without Limits. You know, your radio friend coming to you from across the airways, wherever you're turning to, you know, tuning in to us, whether it's on iTunes or your iPad or, you know, any of those things you connect to. Uh, what I'd like you to do is welcome to our program, Mr. Robert Hammond. Robert is an author, and one of the things that really caught my attention was the fact that he talks about the power of your story. And many of you may know that um, I really felt that inspiration to write my personal story about seven years ago, and it really started me asking that question, number one, why, and number two, um, uh, you know, who was going to benefit from it and uh, really, you know, why I was even being inspired to do it. And so, um, you know, it's called Finding Dallas, A Spiritual Journey Through Childhood Abuse to the Glory of God's Plan. And the reality is that we all have a story and many of us are going to go through storms in our lives. And when we get on the other side of that, that is when we can certainly be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, and that's what we're called to be. So welcome, Robert. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dallas, and your story itself is, is so inspirational, so I'm glad that you were able to tell yours, and I'm glad I had a chance to tell mine, and hopefully your people in your audience will, will look at some of the stories that they have to tell and, and be able to share those as we talk about it. Yes, I know. I think many of us that probably think much like I did, who cares, you know, and uh, we might see these stories that are... are um, perhaps uh, what we think are horrific or people that have greater challenges. But the truth is that we all walk through something and we all can can help people in their time of need by sharing our story. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And that, that's one of the reasons why I wrote uh, in my latest book, the one I think we'll probably talk about, Transformed by Writing. And, you know, the subtitle of it is How to Change Your Life and Change the World with the Power of Story. And uh, just from everything you were just saying is, is exactly the reason why I decided to, to write this book. And, and it just came out, so I'm so glad that we connected uh, right now because I've been, you know, a lot of people have been reading it and letting me know how, you know, their lives are changing because they have a story to tell and didn't quite know how to do it or, or whether they should do it or, 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 as you said, even who cares. But, you know, the, there's a lot of answers to those questions that we'll, that we'll get into as we talk, I'm sure. Well, and that's such a beautiful thing because I think, like you said, people just don't know where to start. And I think oftentimes that, and that was a challenge that I had, even though I had already written business books and non, you know, this, of course, is a nonfiction book as well, but, um, you know, more business professional books, things of that nature. Uh, I certainly didn't want to tell my story. Um, but I think there's another reason, too, now with the age of technology, you know, we don't have photo albums like we used to. We don't have generations of people that, we can sit down and talk to and say, hey, where did I come from? And I think really from a history standpoint for our families, it's an important thing as well. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And that, that, matter of fact, that's one of the things that I, I talk about in the book to 
too, as I said, it's not just for people who want to become like a successful, you know, published author and, you know, go on, you know, the talk show circuits, you know, which I, I've certainly done and you have as well. And, and by the way, my, I started with the nonfiction books as well. I started writing books, you know, a little over 25 years ago, dealing with the credit system and a book called Life After Debt that, you know, became a best-selling book. And I was on Donahue and did all these things. <laughs> but it was a long time after that before I actually was able to tell my own story because there were a lot of things going on in my life while I was sitting on these talk shows talking about you know, how to get out of debt and, you know, get, you know, your credit. And, you know, I did identity theft and a lot of other you know, nonfiction books, as you were talking about, um, how-to and self-help. But just being able to tell my own story, there were a lot of things, uh, secrets that I had and a lot of struggles that I was going through that um, I needed to tell. And, and as you mentioned, too, it's not just for people who want to, you know, write, you know, these best-selling books or, or screenplays and make movies and things like that. But sometimes you just want to get a story about your family. Yeah, and exactly. You want to yeah. document that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, from one author to another, and, uh, you know, what would you, you, tell us a little bit about your story. You mentioned you had some secrets, and I did as well. Um, I didn't realize they were secrets, but, um, you know, nobody really knew them about me, not any, even my closest friends. So tell us a little bit about um, your story and how you went, how you got the courage to, to write this. Okay. Well, I, I've written a couple of books recently. I, I I'll just say real briefly, I've written about a dozen books. You know, many of them have become bestsellers, including Life After Dead and Credit Secrets, books like that. And then later on, I started writing books on um, the film industry. I've worked in the film industry, you know, dealing with Cecil B. DeMille, you know, who we know as the Ten Commandments and all the biblical epics, King of Kings. So I've done a lot of that work um, you know, in that industry, and we're actually doing a biopic of him, you know, major, major motion picture wow. about Cecil B. DeMille. So a lot of you know, other stuff going on you know, on different levels. But my personal story, as you asked, you know, as I had some problems uh, growing up, I came, I came from a wonderful Christian home, you know, went to church, you know, Bible, you know, Sunday school and Boy Scouts and choir and everything. But I had some issues, just personal issues. Whether, however they started, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just say just wanting to fit in or whatever it was. Sure. But I, I started taking drugs and as a, at an early age, and that was, one of the things that just began to haunt me, you know, started out recreationally. A lot of people, you know, just do it to have a good time, you know, smoking marijuana and things like that. But for me personally, you know, because of whatever reasoning, um, you know, I won't, you know, give any justification for it, but I, I went off the deep end eventually and I became a drug addict. Wow. And a hardcore one at that. Wow. So that, you know, it's a story I didn't, you know, obviously that's not something I want to tell people about, you know, walking around, you know, I, you know, it's a secret because, you know, obviously, it's, it's illegal, number one. And number two, um, you know, I was very ashamed of myself, you know, eventually as I especially became worse and worse. And, you know, I got into the real hard drugs, you know, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, right. all those things. Yeah, well, and, and, so, and you, know, you don't go, hi, I'm Robert Hammond. I'm a successful author and a drug addict. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, you don't really do that, do you? Yeah. Oh, of course not. And again, and I, like I said, I was sitting here, I was on the Don, Bill Donahue show right. and, you know, major talk shows, mm-hmm. you know, going around talking about all these things, uh, you know, credit, finance, you know, how to get out of debt. And meanwhile, you know, I was over there, you know, I mean, literally shooting up, you know, before the show and going out to, you know, down, you know, I'd be in New York, you know, a limo would take me to the show and then I'd run out to Harlem somewhere and go score my drugs and come back totally out of it, even though I could present myself well, um, you know, out, outwardly, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. But eventually, you know, it caught up to me and I just, you know, like I said, I ended up in and out of jail and, you know, rehabs and 
all those things. Um, and ultimately, what happened? Uh, just you know, the quick end of the story is that I, you know, I saw the light. You know, that was yeah. it. And you know, these, you know, Jesus says, "I'm the light of the world." That's and right. That was the light. You know, I was like, "Wow!" You know, it wasn't just a story anymore. Even though the stories, as you know, I grew up reading Bible stories, and you know, Jesus healing people and raising from the dead, and mm-hmm. Moses parting the Red Sea, and you know, David Goliath, all those stories. But this, when I, you know, I say see the light, I'm talking about a literal experience. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, you. You had, you know, you had a personal experience with Christ. It was amazingly wow. um, life changing, and it and it wasn't something just instantly happened. And then from that point on, I start walking on water. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I've had one was, of those too. We can talk about some other time. But yes, I understand. <laughs> it was a it was an awakening. Yes. You know, it was an awakening and a seeing. And, I, and one of the things, you know, we talked a little bit about the Bible, since, you know, your audience, I believe, is can relate to that um, type of story. Oh, that's my dog barking in the background. That's okay. We love, we love animals here. So yes, we do. <laughs> um, but what happened is, is it gave me the ability, when I say see the light, it was like suddenly, it was like that question of, you know, these aren't just stories anymore. I mean, when I was thinking about, you know, reading the Bible itself, you know, actually it came alive. It was like, wow, this is a real, I mean... Every story in there, I could actually see it. And I could see how they connect it, and so. Oh yeah, it's what we read, call. Yeah, it's what we call I'd a ream of words. Reading word. it from cover yeah. to cover, you know, which no, I had never been able to do before. Right. And different versions of it, you know, King James to the Living Bible, all these different new IV or you know whatever, just because I wanted to really not just study it, but I wanted to really live it, and mm-hmm. that was you know a big part of my beginning. Um, transformation. Well, I think that's amazing. And that's one of my goals is really with Jesus knocking is I really want to bring people back to seeking that personal relationship because it's not about reading your Bible so many times a day. Like you said, that can really sort of Mm -hmm. be legalistic and monotonous. Um, But when you actually, when it comes alive to you, when you can actually see what uh, God's word is saying to you in your life today. And uh, I really think that, I mean, that's where the difference is. That's uh that's how we can make that change. So congratulations. That is awesome. And uh, so anyway, so you, you said you saw the light. You had this experience. And um, when did you decide you wanted to write this? When did you decide you wanted to write this book? Or would, did you get that voice like I did that said you must write this book? Well, that started coming to me. I did start doing a lot more writing at that point. Actually, I was when this, this story I'm talking about, I was in jail. You know, I was in the Los Angeles County Jail wow. when this happened. I was, you know, given a death sentence, not not legal, you know, death row type of thing. But the doctors, you know, because of my health and my things that I had done, uh, they said, here, you're going to be dead by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And this is Thanksgiving. Wow. And so I was like, oh, boy, you know, I just pretty much had given up. And I kind of say it's like a dead dog laying on the road. You know, there's nothing left there. Right. And that was when I, you know, one of the things I say is I said, you know, when you're all alone in the dark, you can either close your eyes and go to sleep or you can look for the light. That's right. You can get on your knees and say, I always hear people say when they've had that experience, if you're real, God, you know, Jesus, if you're real, Lord, if you're real, God, if you're real, you know, do something. And that's kind of. What happened? That's mm-hmm. it's pretty much like that. And, and I, I had one of those little those little Gideon Bibles that they give everybody, little pocket ones. Right. So I started reading that, and I and I got back into like you know the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. and where he talks about you know in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you mentioned the Word of God, and I realized that the Word of God it wasn't just the literal written you know Bible or words you know that were written down. 
it was the it was God, the Spirit of God, yes. and I could really see and feel and know this truth, not just you know an intellectual historical facts or believing. Oh, I believe this happened. You know those kinds of beliefs. That's one level of belief, but. The faith of just like you say, you know a person, you personally know them, and you see them, and your life has changed. That's much different than someone telling you a story, and you say, "Oh, yeah, I believe that happened." You know, someone oh. tells you about your father, and you say, "Wow, I believe, yeah, my father did such and such." But when your father comes to you and tells you something and shows you something, then it's like, oh, "Okay, I I really know it now." Right. That's, that's the that's the knowing, very right? Different. Yeah, that's the knowing. Well, that's amazing. So. So obviously, thank goodness you didn't die. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> thank God, yeah. That's, and that's what led me to you know my first um, book after that. Um, yeah, I'd written, you know, I'd been writing you know these books on you know credit, and then I did a book on identity theft, and then I ended up writing. Uh, actually, it started out almost like a journal, and I, I originally was called it called a grace period, and what it was was like a nonfiction, like an autobiography. Mm-hmm. And then later I did some rewriting and rewriting and rewriting of it. And I had an agent in, in New York, and you were going to you know, publish it as, a, as my autobiography, and it had all this true stuff in it. But what I ended up later doing, because of some of the people that were involved in the story, I mean, you know, we're talking drug dealers and armed oh, robbery right. and major things, we, you know, I, I changed it to a, a novel. Okay. So I made it a story that's based on the truth. You know, I mean, what happened for the most part that you read, if you read The Light, which is what I'm talking about here. Okay. Uh, the Light, you know, it's a novel. Um, you know, it's a fictionalized version, you know, because I, I decided I wanted to make it so it was more accessible to more people, especially because I have my family involved in it and I have other people. I just didn't really want to bring people in there to say, oh, hey, that's me he's talking about there right, or there I or understand there. that. In this Absolutely. particular story, mm-hmm. which is not always, you know, the way to do it. I think some people, there's a time to write your actual memoir and your actual autobiography. And I may do that at a later date, and I do talk a little bit more about that in this book, uh, Transformed by Writing. I actually do get more into my own personal story, and there's actually some interviews that I do in there with some some big, um, you know, radio hosts, and I actually put some of the transcripts of those interviews in there where I actually do talk, you know, literally about the the events that we just talked about and go into more detail. And so I talk about writing as a transformational process. Right, and so, you know. Out of your system. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, def- definitely it's a cognitive process and it's a healing process, not only for yourself, but other people. But ex- explore that a little bit further, what you mean by that, because I know I have my own interpretation of it. But what are you telling folks in this book? What can they expect to uh, to learn from you? Okay, very good. Yeah, tra- when I talk about transformational writing, you know, I talk about writing that changes your life, you know, personally, because not only you re- uh, you say cognizate, or you look at things differently in your own life, personally, or you do a therapy, or you get things out, but also because you're telling these stories, you know, whether it's your personal testimony or your, your recovery kind of message, you're healing other people because people hear that story and then they become uh, inspired, transformed. You know, so you're changing your life, you're changing other people's lives, and the world is changing. And one of the examples I use, a perfect example, um, you may have heard of the story down in Atlanta a few months ago where a gunman comes in there with in this middle school you know, with a, a semi-automatic you know, AK-47 type of a gun. He's going to shoot up the school. And this lady who's a bookkeeper up in the front office, she starts talking to him. Uh, Antoinette Tuff was her name, and she actually shared her story with him. She said, you know what, I've gone through these traumas. 
and these trials, and I've had some, you know, been a victim and uh, been abused and all these things. She started talking to him and telling her story, and he connected with her. He put his gun down, and he surrendered, and nobody was hurt. Wow. No, I had not heard that. Yeah, just a recent. It was a big news story. It was mm, just a few months ago. Okay. And, they, I mean, these stories actually happen all the time, you know, where uh, people, you might have heard the thing, I think, with uh, Purpose Driven Life. Oh, yes, uh, somebody, I did hear that one. Absolutely. That story, you know, mm-hmm. someone just started talking to the person you know, who had kidnapped her, actually. Right. And I think she read out of that book to him. But again, it's because it's, it's storytelling and connecting to people, you know, we can make the world a better place. And as, as you probably know, and anyone who reads the news, I mean, a lot of conflicts and people are calling each other names and oh, yes. hating each other based on their religion, their yes. politics, their race, whatever, you know, all these different reasons. But beneath it all, that's why I actually use the word the light, you know, when I speak about, you know, that power that's, you know, that we have and we connect to. Right. Because you know, he says you're the light of the world, too. You know, it's not, he's not just saying it like this is a religious system that you need to join or, or pay money to or go to this particular building over here or do this or that. You right. know, it's not just the book itself. It's the light is you know, the light that shines in everybody. Well, and, you know, interestingly you know, enough, I mean, I personally... Um, my my back well i have a very interesting background as as we all do but uh, wasn't really raised in the church but i would say that i knew god before i knew any scripture and mm-hmm. um you know and if you really studied jesus he was he, as a teacher you know and and you know he taught us he said you know you you know he he disagreed with the religion of the day you know he was right. not religious at all and so you know if you look at jesus as the way if you look at jesus as our model you know that we are all sons and daughters of Christ, you know of god and that we have the holy spirit as our guide within us you know mm-hmm. if we would just get out the you know if we would just you know stamp out the noise then we would right. all learn to love each other, right? We learned to, we would learn to love God and put God before all things. We would learn to love ourselves and love others. And if we could actually get to that point, the world would be a better place. And isn't that really the ultimate message? I mean, if you just yes, you know, absolutely boil it all down, and he says, you know, the law is all fulfilled in one word: love. You know, love one another, love God. And you know, we find that you know if we can see that spirit, you know, go beyond, you know, the externals, you know, like you said, race, religion, you know, denominations, politics, all these, you know, cultural external things. And, and even, you know, within the same religion, you get people, well, I take this scripture and I'll beat you over the head with this one. And I'll take another one. And then they're saying this exact same thing, but they're both seeing it totally different ways. Like, you know, people looking at the same accident on four different corners. You know, everyone's going to describe it differently, but it's the same thing that happened. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have so. to let people see things, you know, from where they are, you know, because everyone's vision's a little bit different, and we don't all see the big picture. You know, none of us see the total big picture, I don't believe. Well, so, I like know, we, <laughs> exactly. Until, until we're on the other side, we will not know. So, you know. Right. We'll <laughs> the glass darkly for but, now. And we, we seek, yeah. you know, and that's the key is to seek the truth, you know, because right. the truth will set you free. Yes. You know, so we continually seeking that truth, which I, you know, like I said, I call that the light, mm-hmm. and I believe that the light, you know, has appeared, you know, to everyone. And, you know, if, especially if you, if you really read, you know, I think Gospel of John is where I saw it most clearly. I mean, you'll see it in other places. You don't necessarily need to read it in a book either. I think mm-hmm. if we just be still and know, you know, we'll see it within ourselves. Yeah. No matter where you are. You could be a pygmy in Africa up on some high mountain one day and and just suddenly you know that stillness that little still small voice can speak to you you know just as it always has throughout eternity it doesn't not limited you know through any you know 
all of us, you know, in every heart, you know, as long as you know, we have to be willing to listen. As you said, you know, knocking, you know, that knocking comes to us. You have to, you know, you have listen to listen. And hear it. Yeah. And you have to open the door. That's right. That's right. You know, my whole thing is, will you, choices. yeah, will you open the door uh, when, you know, when, when the knocking comes? And so right. being open to that, you're, you're exactly right. So, well, let's talk a little bit more about this book. And so you actually take this, you, through this book, you talk about some of these, of these other stories and a little, a little bit about your story, but you say that you actually have a roadmap. Is that correct? I do, yeah. The, in Transform by Writing, one of the, the things that I think people will get the most out of it is, you know, number one, I have a lot of practical tips, you know, like a roadmap for your bestseller. I, okay, I've written some best-selling books, like Life After Dead, sold 100,000 copies. I've written several, you know, I've written a dozen or more books, you know, mostly nonfiction, you know, a couple of novels, you know, the C.B. DeMille novel is, is based on, is what the movie is coming out is based on. Um, so I talk about building, you know, creating a roadmap and, and it's like an outline, you know, that you can use for any kind of book, whether it's a nonfiction, fiction, your memoir, you know, or just or screenplay. And I talk about, you know, some basic writing structures that you can use. Um, I talk about what I call seven transformational writing secrets, you know, which are just some little tips that you know people don't really think about a lot of times when they're doing their writing. You know, one of them, for example, is just the secret of legend. You know, tapping into the real legendary, uh, what we call hero's journey, which is like the story of Christ, you know, you, or, or, or Moses. You know, you have these heroic stories, and a lot of those modern movies are based on those same stories. If you take, like, these Harry Potter and Star Wars and Alice in Wonderland and a lot of these modern stories that are very popular, they actually model those stories on ancient stories. That's why Cecil B. DeMille, you know, I wrote about, was so popular because he took, you know, basic, you know, Bible stories, you know, Parting the Red Sea and the Ten Commandments, and he did the King of Kings and Samson and Delilah, you know, and other things that are actually already, that have already happened, have already, you know, kind of permeated the consciousness. And if we tap into those, those stories, you know, we see that they, they look through a, a lens that comes into our own lives, you know, our own lives, we go through, you know, a time of, you know, crucifixion and a resurrection. And without the crucifixion, you don't get to the resurrection. That's it's right. Like movie, if you can't you watch, is that all seems lost moment at the end, especially like a you see an Indiana Jones mm-hmm. or those kinds of movies. It seems like nothing's gonna, you know, they're gonna all die. But you know, there's that faith and that stepping out into that empty bridge. It appears. Well, you know, and you mentioned something just a moment ago, and you said, you know, you did a book called Life After Death. Now, did you have a um, near death experience? Well, let, let me let me clarify that, you know, because what phrase did I? Because <laughs> I know several people who have life so. after death. D- oh, okay, D- D- life after death. I thought you said life life after death. So. I know it sounds like that. Yes, yeah, it sounds okay. like that. But I actually, I did. But answering the question in two ways, the book was called Life After Debt, which is about getting out of debt and credit and all that. But my personal experience was more of a near death experience. When I talked about the light, you know, because like sure. I said, I was told you're going to be dead by Christmas. Right. That's pretty definitive. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pretty much at death's door. And I had, you know, I had, you know, I've gone through, you know, like I said, some really hardcore lifestyle. You know, I was a, a guy that used to, you know, sell drugs and carry a gun. And, you know, I used to rob places and did all these, you know, horrific things. But just, you know, the good news is that, you know, God can take anyone no matter how far down you are, and there's people probably listening right now who think, oh, well, you know, I've gone too far, 
you know, for there's no hope for me. Or yeah, I, how could God know, love me? You know, I've just messed up too much. Yeah, exactly. Especially people like myself who've gone back and forth, you know, because I've come, you know, I, like I said, I started out going to church and all that. And I was a Boy Scout and a choir person, all those, you know, and I, you know, I had a really wonderful family, too. I mean, my father's a doctor. My mother has a master in social work, a teacher and all that. So it wasn't, you know, like I had all these excuses, but, be, you know, I would just mess up all the time. And I just mm-hmm. kept on going back and forth and getting worse and worse and to the point where I, I really felt I was beyond hope. And that's where that grace comes in you know, because it goes beyond any possible, how far, no matter how far you are, if there's even a, a shred of, of hope there. And actually, I, I think I was to the point where I was past hope. I thought I was hopeless mm-hmm. and I had almost given up, but I guess there was something there. Well, and, and I you know, encourage everyone to yeah, keep a little bit of faith because absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I the think Prodigal it, Son is is kind of my story. I guess is how I would model <laughs> the light, the mm-hmm. novel, the Prodigal Son in a modern age. Well, and like you said, the stories repeat themselves, don't they? You know, history repeats itself in different forms, different people. And, um, you know, our goal is always on the other side of that place of hopelessness that we can find our way to, to um, you know, to be able to overcome that and, and really be able to be a, a model of hope for people, which is what I believe you are, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. And, I, and in, 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 in uh, Transform My Writing, too, by the way, I... I have one of the chapters called Ten Writers that Ch- Who Changed the World. And that's actually about, you know, the biblical authors, you know, because they're very, you know, I mean, there's more than ten of them, obviously. But sure. <laughs> I mentioned ten different ones, you know, including Moses and, and Paul and, and others who were very, very different in their backgrounds. But they all really did see the light. They heard the voice of God, the word of God, and they were given different messages. But all those messages come together and they all connect together, just like all of our stories you know, they're very different, and we have different backgrounds, but all of our stories do come together. And there's really one giant story we're all telling. You know, we're all coming together. You know, if we can connect and, and see that light, not only in ourselves, but all around us. And it's like he says, the kingdom of God is, or kingdom of heaven is within you and all around you. That's right. That's and right. it is wherever you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just in one building or this group over here or in this one book. You know, there's different perceptions and, per, you know, aspects of it, and I think we have to to find that you know that story that we all can tell. Um, there's a reason for for us having the life that we live. We don't necessarily see it at the time, and we go especially when we go through those difficulties. But you know they say hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and you say, well, you know what? If I had not gone through those things, I would not be able to say the tell the story I'm telling right now. I couldn't tell people. Yes, I just got pardoned by the governor of California, which I did. Uh, on Easter, actually. Wow. That was, that was this year. Uh, well, congratulations. On yeah. Good Friday, yeah. of all times. Wow. Out of the blue, and it was the governor's office uh-huh. saying, you know, I just want to, you know, let you know there's a call from the governor's office to say that, you know, you've, you've received a full pardon. Wow. And what did you do when that happened? I'm just curious. Well, did you jump up and down? And Well, I kind of I had that sniff, sniff moment. I was like, uh Oh, you know, I mean, I was just so overwhelmed, you know, by yeah. the, the forgiveness, basically. Which, yeah. You know, a pardon is like a forgiveness and saying, you know what, we know that you messed up, but we know that you've done a good job since then. And, you know, and, this, and when we're talking, you know, these my last uh, offenses, you know, we're back at like in, you know, 96, mm-hmm. you know, it was a possession of, of marijuana and I had a gun on me and that was, you know, my last time I got in trouble with the law was, you know, because I was, you know, still kind of a wild character out there. <laughs> and it took me a while, you know, after, you know, just kind of straightening my life up 
slowly but surely, you know, just cleaning all the, these messes up. And so life, you know, continues to unfold, you know, doesn't just, you know, overnight everything change, you know, outwardly. The inward part can change, you know, in a, within a twinkling of an eye, so to speak. Yeah, well, but there is that. Yeah, there is that process lo- of growth. Right, and there is that law of cause and effect, and sowing and reaping, and so you know oh, we do absolutely. have to go through those consequences. But yet, I think in the end, like you say, look at this: you get pardoned on Good Friday. I mean, that's to me that just makes me smile. That's just that's just when things like that happen, I go, oh, that's so God. <laughs> you know, I just it was. You know, I don't. You know, I got arrested. You know, my I don't know what I call my sobriety or my rebirth date was October thirty first. Oh wow, nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. You know, I was there. I woke up in jail, heading to prison, wow. and then I, I ended up getting out like right before Thanksgiving, mm. and then the year later I got off parole right on Christmas. Wow, and it's just you know little dates like that. Just kind of you know have an extra memory, and then, yeah, I got the pardon on, you know, I got the call on Good Friday, and it was actually effective on that Easter Sunday now, yeah. of this year, and so it's just been a, it's been a roll road, and that's, and that's, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book, because, yeah, I'd written all these other books, and, and then I, I finally came out with you know, The Light, you know, just kind of tell my story and, and reach people, you know, who've gone through things like this, and about recovery, and uh, spiritual enlightenment in the in the path, and I was involved in a lot of other things too. By the way, just not just the drugs. I mean, I got into religious cults and oh, so you've experienced quite a bit, right? So craziness, yeah, yeah crazy yeah. life, yeah. Well, and you know, I think that um, our experiences um, certainly do not define us, but they certainly help us be able to discern uh, once we finally get to that place where we kind of know our purpose, you know, and and we know why we went through it all, and so. Um, you know, much like you, I didn't have a, I didn't have that sort of path, if you will, and much from that. But yet, I've had my own journey, and like you said, so many other, do, so many others do as well. Um, would you say, Robert? Just in closing, what uh, do you think? A book like yours, if someone's never thought about writing anything, um, you know, they've never had that inspiration to do that. I mean, is it really for somebody that already considers himself a writer, or who would you say would this best this book would best serve? I think you no, know, that's a great one question. The, the Transformer writing was really written for people who have thought about writing, but who have not written okay. a book or a screenplay or anything else. I mean, I teach graduate level. I have a Master of Fine Arts, and you know, I, I deal with you know, consulting you know, people on all different levels. But this book was really down to the basics of how do you write, how do you get published, how do you promote your book, and even okay. if you want to adapt it, your story to film or television. I get into all these different levels. And then very, very basic things, but also, you know, I say I bring in you know, some other examples, like I said, using the Bible, the parable of the sower. And that's why, you know, Jesus told a lot of stories, you know, parables, because he put these messages and he, he, hid, he hid them, basically. Right. You know, he says when that, those seeds, you know, you know, the sower goes sowing, the seed is the word of God. Right. And it falls on different kinds of ground at different times. That's right. And he told the disciples when they were trying to understand, he goes, well, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to understand the rest of them. Right, exactly, exactly. Because he hides these messages sometimes, and it takes a lot of times, you know, we have to, you know, wait till that seed hits the right part of the ground, which is our heart, mm-hmm. and then it, it gives takes root, and then the water, you know, the water of the word, you know, allows it to grow, and the sunlight, you know, the spirit, you know, those, so those seeds are not just, you know, the farmer in the in 
the Dell, you know, so to speak. Oh, the prodigal yes. son isn't just about a guy and a bunch of prostitutes. That's right. I mean, these are deep level stories, and that's what I, I try to tell people in uh, Transform My Writing is you can find these deeper levels of story, you know, even in your own life. Wow. And you can connect to, you know, these ancient stories, and you can connect to other people, you know, because everything is connected ultimately, and we can find that light. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and I also talk about just real taking baby steps, not like an overwhelming, you know, oh, I can't write a whole book. No, just you can take a little bit at a time. You know, you can write, get a piece of paper out, get a little notebook, you know, get a piece on, place on your, a file on your computer and just start somewhere. So I really encourage people, you know, if, if, you, you, know, if you can contact me too. If, by the way, my, my website, um, I have transformedbywriting.com. I actually give away um, a couple of things that you can use to get started. One is, is a report called um, Your Bestseller Blueprint, which kind of talks about the outline we talked about in the roadmap. Okay. And they can also get, um, you know, they go to Transformer Writing, or it's also RobertHammondConsulting.com. That's the other same points to the same place. Uh, how to become a published author. So those are some real basic things. You know, I just want to give those as a gift to any, you know, your audience who's listening who just says, I don't know if I want to, you know, really do this, or I don't know if I can do it. But if there's something in you that's saying, you know, yeah. you should write a book or you should tell this story. And I believe there's people listening right now who have voice in them, and, and you got to listen to that still small voice because that may be that light, you know, telling you to do something that you need to do. And someone else may need to hear it, may not really even feel like doing, just like Moses didn't really feel like, you know, going <laughs> through the wilderness and doing all the things he did. And even Jesus said, you know, let this cup pass from me if it oh be thy will, but nevertheless, yes. thy will be done. I know. I think so, I said, no, thank you, God. Yeah, you write your story. We have to shine those lights. <laughs> don't hide the light under a bushel. Let your light shine. Exactly. And I think that's what uh, this, you know, Transformer Writing talks about, you know, transformation, changing from one to another, you know, whether you're becoming the public author or, or just healing yourself. Yes. You know, and healing other people and, and ultimately healing the world, you know, by that light shining and connecting, you know, and even if it's just like you want to leave a legacy to, to your grandkids or, tell your father or your mother's story and leave that for your kids. You know, those are some things, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big best-selling book. You know, I mean, it could just be a journal. It could be, you know, like a diary or it can be, you know, just a little short story that you might want to tell. You may have a little something to happen and you just tell it in a couple of, of pages. It doesn't have to be a, a full book if you don't want to write a book. Well, and you know what I love about it is is there are so many different options these days and, um, uh, you know, to do that. It's not like it used to be. And so if they've ever thought about doing it, if they have the inkling or just, you know, want to inquire about maybe contact you at your website and get right. a few of these complimentary tools and then, you know, contact you if they'd like to move forward. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Robert, I just want to thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute Absolute pleasure. I thank you. Um, I'm just glad that you were able to see the light, and number one, that it saved you, and you're still with us today to help tell the story and inspire others to do the same. And uh, with that, we'll say goodbye, and um, just keep us in touch when you uh, when you get out your next next book or film. Give us a call. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I sure will. Thank you so much, Alice. Okay. Bye bye. Well, everyone, it's that time again, time to say goodbye until our next amazing guest. However, as you know, we have previous shows that are just as encouraging and enlightening, and certainly you can take advantage of those at DallasTeague.com under Purpose Without Limits. And if you have not known about this yet, we started a weekly devotional called Jesus Knocking, and you can sign up there as well. So until next time, grace and peace to you. You've been listening to Purpose Without Limits 
with your host, Dallas Teague Snyder. Dallas is founder of Make Your Best Impression, author of the book, Professionally Polished, Business Etiquette Savvy for Today's Competitive Market, and co-author of Executive Etiquette Power. Visit MakeYourBestImpression.com for more information.